Fellowship, Clark Nolan here. I'm with Michael Smith this week, and we get to dig into our passage uh, this week in chapter three of First Timothy. Hey, Michael. Hey, glad to be here. It's, it is great to be here. I'm looking forward to our time in the passage this week. Um, hey, just to get us started here, how does chapter three and this discussion on elders and deacons fit into the bigger flow of the book. Yeah, it starts off with a trustworthy saying, Paul says. Here's a trustworthy saying. Sounds, sounds important and something we can count on. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like something we could trust. And so when we think about where it fits into the book, last week, Clark, you helped us unpack Paul's instructions for men and women and how they're to handle themselves in public worship. Yeah, and uh, and I think it's, it's a big part of it, men of character, women of character, And here we see this, if the church is going to fight false teaching, protect itself against false teaching, it's got to teach good doctrine, and it's got to have men, in this case, specifically in the elder sense, who can lead with great character. And there's a whole list of qualities. How many are there in this passage? Yeah, I I marked out 15. It depends on how you want to count them. Um, You could say the last one, have a good reputation, would be the 16th one, but he's kind of repeating it. But yeah. Whether, however you want to split that, uh, that's a lot of characteristics for one person to live up to. And, and I think the big idea here is that leaders in the church should be people who meet God's high standard. And so yeah. um, not just anybody can lead. And Paul opens up the trustworthy saying I was referring to in verse 1. He says, whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Literally, it's desires a beautiful work. And so yeah. it's a good thing to want to lead. It's a good thing to say, man, I want the Lord to use me um, to lead here in this in this body of Christ. But then he says they need to be above reproach, faithful to their wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. He goes on some things they shouldn't be, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. And when we look at the list, we see they're not about um, somebody's abilities and they're not about their competencies or, or anything like that. They're all character issues. And yeah. uh, their character issues, a lot of them are things um, that are someone's private life. And so it's right. not enough to be somebody who has a good reputation in a public sphere, mm-hmm. but somebody who is a consistent follower of Christ in their home, the people who know them best, their wife, their kids, um, they would say, this person is qualified to be an elder. I was talking with somebody yesterday who was telling me a little story about uh, a, a person here at Fellowship whose son went to him and said, dad, I nominated you for elder. And his dad was a little taken aback. And he said, why did you do that? And his son said, "Uh, because when I read the qualifications, you're all of those things. Wow, what a moment for the dad. Yeah, and wouldn't we all want to be able to look at this list and say, um, the best I could in the situation I'm in with what God's given me, I've lived up to these things. Yeah, in his case, his son bringing that up and our sons have seen us at our best and worst. Exactly, Yeah. yeah, if there's anyone who would know if you weren't self-controlled, if you weren't temperate, <laughs> if you weren't hospitable, it would be your kids. Yeah. 
Well, let's unpack this for fellowship, Michael. Um, so how do we practice this at fellowship? Do we have overseers or elders? Yeah, and that's a great question. So there's really two terms that are used interchangeably in the New Testament. Um, one, which Paul uses here, is usually translated overseer. It's also where we get the word bishop from, even though what we now think of as a bishop, that came later in the history of the church, but it's the yep. same word. It's a cool word, though, bishop. Yeah, maybe we should start going by yeah. that. Uh, and then the bishop other... Smith. <laughs> I like it. It's got a good ring to <laughs> oh, it. Yeah. Uh, the other one is uh, elder, and those words seem to mean the same thing, overseer and elder. Um, and a passage I would point our listeners to, if they want to do a little more reading on this, is First Peter chapter 5. In the first two verses, Peter says, to the elders, be shepherds, serve as overseers. And so we see there that idea yeah. that an elder, an overseer, they're the, it's one job, it's one office in the church, and, and their job is to pastor to shepherd the flock. Um, and so here at Fellowship, we call them elders, and uh, we would apply these these characteristics in 1 Timothy 3. We would also go to Titus 1, and we would say, these are men who the Lord has put before us, who we're not looking for a perfect person. If you had to be perfect um, to serve in your local church, this place would be empty because uh, there's none of those running around. Uh, but someone who overall, um, they they fit these characteristics and they are a person who uh, manages their household well and, and fits these character traits and uh, they serve on an elder board. And so there's no one overseer at fellowship. There's no one person who's calling the shots, but it's a board of qualified men who uh, are making decisions to try to guide this church um, to where the Lord wants it to be. Yeah. And I like that the language in First Peter paints the idea of this, this shepherding spirit. It's, it's this picture of someone caring for something. The elder role is a service role in many sense, senses of the word, even though we even use the word servant for the word deacon, which we'll look at here in a second. But the spirit is not to wield control or a power play. It's to serve and to shepherd and to take care of people and to take care of God's church. Yeah. One of the interesting things is he says... Whoever aspires to this role, they desire a noble task. Um, but as soon as we sniff out that somebody wants the position or they're sort of openly campaigning for it, that's an immediate disqualifier because that's yeah. not the the heart of the person we want. Yeah. We want the person who just wants to love and serve well and shepherd uh, the body here. Yeah. So how about this word deacon here in the past? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. He, he switches to that. I actually hear in my actual sermon notes, I've drawn a dotted line between verses seven and eight, because in verse eight, he says, in the same way. So he's clearly tying it to, here's the qualifications for elders. And you know what? Similarly, in the same way, deacons, and he lists off some character traits for deacons that are very similar. That word deacon, um, this is not to say that any other church uh, is doing it wrong or has a different, if they have a different approach to this. My grandfather was a deacon in the church I grew up in, uh, but the word means servant. And uh, the way at fellowship that we've approached this is our servant leaders in ministry, those are our deacons. And so um, our staff, fill in that role. Um, people yeah. who are around here who serve and lead ministries, our community group leaders, our small group leaders, where it's a women's group, a men's group, a cell, cell group, a CR step study. Um, those people are in this role of serving and leading, um, much as the office is described here of a, of a deacon. And yeah. so we want those people, whether it's staff people or small group leaders, to be worthy of respect, sincere, 
um, not indulging in much wine, not yeah. pursuing dishonest gain. And you know, Clark, one thing that jumps off the page at me as I look at this um, is that for elders and for whether you want to call them deacons or ministry leaders, mm-hmm. um, two of the things that overlap are alcohol and money. And wow. so that's two areas yeah, no that problem. all of us need to guard our hearts and and watch how we handle um, how we interact with alcohol and with money because those are two things that that trip people up sometimes. Yeah, that's a great comment, Michael. It seems like uh, there's something unique in this passage when you look at verse 10 and verse 12. There's another verse in between those, 11. And uh, he addresses specifically in the same way the women are to be worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. It's interesting how he he brings our women of fellowship into the discussion right. in this role and this discussion around deacons. Um, how do we view that here at Fellowship? Yeah, Bible? It's, it is interesting. It, it almost feels like it's a parenthesis. He introduces it with the exact same words he used in verse 8, in the same way. So he compares the character qualities of deacons to those of overseers or elders. Then in 11, in the same way, and that word, the women, it says in the NIV, it could be translated their wives. It would be the same word in the Greek. Um, Or it could mean the women who serve as deacons or yeah. ministry leaders. And I know to say that might ruffle some people's feathers and some people might Based think- Based on no. your religious tradition or yeah, how you grew up. Yeah, how yeah. you grew up. Perhaps if deacon was an office for um, for oversight that was reserved for men, um, you might not like to read it that way, but I would point yeah. you to Romans 16.1, where Paul addresses a woman in the Roman church named Phoebe. Yeah. And the word he uses is diakonos, deacon. Now, it's usually translated servant Servant. there, uh, but it's the exact same word. And so the way that I'm coming at this passage, and I think a lot of people at Fellowship would agree, maybe not everybody in our leadership, would be um, that these women are are servants. They're ministry leaders in the church. Uh, They're worthy of respect. They shouldn't be malicious talkers, but they should be temperate and trustworthy. And I would say that about our women's leadership here at Fellowship. We have women who are leading in women's ministry. We have women in community groups who are charged with leading the women in that group. And so verse 11, I would want to apply directly to them just as I would want to apply the rest of the passage to all of us who are trying to lead and serve in ministry. You know, Michael, as we've been talking, I'm reminded of uh, our leader profile, knowledge, skill, character, and vision or passion. And uh, how when we're training leaders here at Fellowship, we help them think through those four areas. And it really seems like Timothy's drilling down on this area of character. Who are you? Um, Affects how you behave in the church. And as he fights false teaching here and he tries to build a quality, young, healthy church in Ephesus, he's just really focused on character and being men and women who are grounded in the right things. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So, Hey, what's fun about this um, sermon notes podcast, Michael, is that uh, we know that there's some things that are on the cutting floor here and uh, you've got to make choices. You got 30 minutes on Sunday. Yeah. And um, Hey, so what, what are some things you'd like to just mention um, before we wrap up today that, that just, Maybe didn't make it into the sermon. Man, one big one that was in my original notes and in my original outline, and then when I realized I was going to run short of time, I just had to take it out, is Acts chapter 6. And what happens in Acts 6 is um, the apostles, um, the early church teachers and pastors, they're just overwhelmed 
with need from widows who need to have food served to them. And they say, man, we don't have time to study God's word and prepare to teach um, because we're being called on to wait tables. Mm-hmm. So let's pick some people who will serve. And so we're not we're not told those are deacons, um, yeah. but that word servant, diakonos, is used. Wow. And so that just that idea that those who would take on this role of deacon, worthy of respect, sincere, um, people who are going to serve in the church, they need to have that attitude of one who waits tables, one who's yeah. there to serve another. They're not there to enjoy the meal. They're there to make sure someone else enjoys the meal. And so yeah. I just think the heart behind that and in some of the traditions maybe that we came out of, um, Deacon might have taken on more of a ruling um, aspect but right. I think to get back to that original idea of service um, will help us understand the passage better. Yeah. Well, Michael, I've got one more question, and we can uh, wrap up here. In uh, verse 5, um, there's a uh, statement in parentheses. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? Um, he drills down another level there Yeah. and makes this thing a character issue in the home and managing his family. Um, and we we both know there's situations where both we have godly men and women who serve in the home, great mamas and daddies, great parents, and a child uh, goes astray for a season. And so I've often wondered when I read this, how do we unpack that and apply it in the context of a church like fellowship? Yeah, that's a great. It's question. not. I know there's not an easy answer. There's but, not, yeah. and I would want to be clear on what it's not teaching. It's not teaching that um, a man um, who is not married, couldn't be an elder. It's not teaching that. It's not saying a couple that the Lord did not choose to bless with children for whatever reason. Maybe they didn't didn't feel led to have children. Maybe they couldn't have children. Yeah. That doesn't disqualify that man from uh, being an overseer elder. It doesn't disqualify that woman from um, fitting into verse 11 and being a ministry leader. Yeah. Uh, but what it does point to is this metaphor that Paul has been using throughout the book, and he uses it really throughout the pastoral epistles, First and Second Timothy and Titus, which is the church as a household. Mm-hmm. Um, in a couple of weeks, we're going to see him say, hey, uh, don't rebuke an older man. Treat him like your father, um, and, and treat an older woman like your mother, um, your peers as brothers and sisters. He wants the church at Ephesus, and I believe the church in Fayetteville, to view each other like a family, a family of faith. Yeah. And so... His point here is, if you have a man who can't manage his own household, his own household seems to be in disarray, whether it's financially or relationally, um, maybe that's not the person that you would want to put in charge of the your family of faith. And um, usually, um, people who are in that that season of life um, where they have disarray in their household, they have enough on their plate. Yeah, without also right. trying to manage all of us unruly children who make up the body <laughs> of Christ. And so I think it's there to protect the person and the family, but especially to protect the church, that we're looking for someone who's shown he can manage his own personal affairs and therefore can be entrusted, entrusted with managing the affairs of God's, God's church. Yeah, that's well said, Michael. Hey, Michael, thanks so much for this episode and input on sermon notes and uh, fellowship. We look forward to being with you next week. It's been great to be in First Timothy together again. Y'all have a great week.